Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. trader and investor. I've been trading and investing in the financial markets and been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. So what I basically will be sharing with you will just be my experience in, uh, in the financial markets and creating businesses. My background is actually in medicine. I trained as a medical doctor. So the doctor there is from uh, medicine. It's not a PhD in finance <laughs> or anything like that. I was a medical doctor. I used to practice obstetrics and gynecology in the UK, but I quit medicine over 10 years ago and well full-time into uh, a business. So basically what I'm going to be sharing with you is just my own personal practical experience. If you want professional advice, you go and seek it elsewhere, you know, legal, financial, or all that. So that's basically what this disclaimer is all about. So I'm just going to quickly kick off by defining financial literacy, because that's what all this is about. Are you financially literate? So what is financial literacy? Financial literacy is the ability to make informed, the keyword there, informed judgments and take effective decisions regarding the use and management of money. And this is a very crucial definition. You know, anything to do with money, are you making informed judgments about your money? So when you buy something, when you invest something, uh, when you invest in something or you go into business, are you doing it with informed judgments? And when you're actually doing what you do with your money, are you taking effective decisions regarding the use and management of your money? So that's what financial literacy is all about. And there are some key indicators that if you know those key indicators, they will determine if you're financially illiterate or not. We're gonna talk a bit about some of these few indicators like uh, inflation, interest rates. Well, there are a few indicators that are quite important that you understand, and that's what will make you, or you'll be classified as being financially literate. But uh, not surprisingly, according to a Forbes article from 2015, 43% of Americans and a whooping two thirds of the world's adult population is they are financially illiterate. So the two thirds of the world's population are financially illiterate. And as you can see, one for 3% of Americans are financially illiterate. So financial illiteracy is a global problem. It's not a black or white problem or an African or West problem. It's a global problem. Uh, most people don't understand money. They don't take informed judgments regarding money. They don't use money effectively. So that's what we're going to try and cover here. So the question is, why should you create passive income? Why is it important to create passive income? I mean, you could just get your job, go to your job, get your salary, enjoy your career, retire and uh, be done with it. So why do you have to create other income streams? Why do you have to create passive income? Now, the reason why it's important to, that you begin to understand the importance of creating passive income or multiple income streams is this consumer price index or CPI. I'm going to take a few minutes just to 
explain this because this is the whole reason why it's important to start taking things seriously when it comes to money and your career. Now, CPI, our Consumer Price Index, measures the average change in prices over time that consumers pay for a basket of goods and services, and it's commonly known as inflation. So inflation and consumer price indexes are, is the same thing. You can either say consumer price index or inflation is the same thing. Now, let me spend a few minutes on this definition. It's very, very crucial. So what they're measuring, they're me the consumer price index or the inflation is measuring how prices of the average goods and services that you all use, how much or at what rate do they increase in value over time? <clears throat> they usually measure it over a year. So for example, now we're in March. So for this month of March, they will measure how much of the prices of basic goods and services, how much have those prices gone up in value from March last year to March this year, and then the report comes out in April. Then they do the same in April, they measure from April last year to April this year, it comes out in May. So although the report comes out every month, is measured over 12 months, over a year period. And they're trying to see how much the prices have gone up in value over that period. Now, what are they actually measuring? When they say this basket of basic goods and services, you need to break it down personally. What they are measuring, take yourself as an example. You wake up in your flat or your house, they're looking at what's the average cost of uh, rent, average cost of mortgage in an average area, not in a flash area, not in an expense, in an average area. So you wake up in your bed, you look at what is the average cost of uh, furniture and fittings, you know, maybe from IKEA, nothing expensive. You get out of your bed to have a shower, they're looking at what's the average cost uh, of toothpaste, soap, toothbrush. You get dressed, they look at the average cost of clothes. You go to have your breakfast, the average cost of milk, bread, cereal, you know, rice. You know, the average cost of uh, electricity, your electricity bill, your heating bill, your phone bill. You go to work, they look at the average cost of transport, other public transport, uh, fuel, petrol. So I think you're getting the idea. This is what they're looking at to measure inflation. Just the things that you and I need to survive on on a daily basis. So they're going to see how much has the value of all these things gone up over the last year. So, for example, if they take uh, all these things that you do, your toothpaste, your rice, the cost of fuel, public transport, etc., they said they take the average of all these prices and they say, okay, for example, they've all gone up in value by 3% over the last year. So if it's gone up 3% over the last year, that means the, the, the prices of all these things have gone up by 3% over the last year then logic would tell you for you just to maintain a basic lifestyle, keyword, basic lifestyle. That means you're not doing anything flashy. You're not buying designer clothes, designer this, designer that. Just the basic, you're just having your cereal and going to work. <laughs> for you just to maintain a basic lifestyle, logic would tell you that means your salary also has to increase by 3%. 
So if the cost of living, inflation, if all these prices of the basic goods and services have gone up over the last year by 3%, then logic says your salary too has to go up by 3% just for you to keep your head above water, period. And as we know, most people don't live a basic lifestyle. Most people tend to live beyond their means. And again, most people don't have regular pay increase in their jobs. In fact, in some jobs, the pay has been frozen or cut. But that doesn't stop the rate of cost of living going up and up. And then you can now imagine if the rate, if the cost of living is rising every year and your salary is not rising at the same level or better, then you can see you're heading towards poverty, you're heading towards lack when you retire. So this is actually why it's important to understand it's important to start to create other streams and power. So I'm just going to show you some figures quickly, some latest consumer price figures. So we'll start with UK, since uh, this is organized by Jesus House Kingdom Treasurers. We'll start from your, your country. So you can see here in the UK, the cost of living has gone up by five over the last year. So if your salary is not going up by 5.5%, you're not really making money. If your investments are not going up by 5.5% a year, you're not making money. If your business is not returning more than 5.5% a year, you're not making money. So you can see why it's important to understand inflation and consumer price index. And you can now see why financial literacy is good. And this is one of the indicators uh, that they use to determine if you're financially literate is to see if you understand consumer price index. And you can now see this relation of, and the importance of that to you personally, because with you personally, you now know if inflation in UK is 5.5%, those in the UK, you can now see the importance to you personally if you're with inflation being at 5.5%. This was what it was the previous month. So you can see it's going up, it's gone from 5.45.5. So if, you're, if the cost of living has gone up by 5.5%, has your salary gone up by 5.5% in the UK? If your salary hasn't gone up by 5.5%, then what are you doing about it? This is why it's important to start creating other income streams that can help you, you know, beat inflation. Same thing with your investments. If you have money in your savings account, are you getting 5.5% interest or more on your savings account? If you're invested in something, are you getting 5.5% or more? So you can see, so once you know the inflation, you now know what's your salary increase should be more than that. Your income gives you like a benchmark. And that's why it's important to understand it and to be aware of what's going on with inflation figures. And this is released publicly once a month. So I'll just quickly go through other countries. In Germany, you can see it's 5.1%. In the Euro area, it's 2.7%. In America, it's 7.9%. So if you're in America, America and your salary, your investments are not more than 7.9% a year, you're not making money. In Canada is 5.7%, in Nigeria is 15.7%. So you can see the inflation really gives you a really idea of what's going on. So wherever you're based, whichever country you're, you're at, if, you're, if your income, if your salary investments are below inflation, you're gonna struggle, you're going to lack. And 
hence the importance of beginning to think about creating different income streams. So this is just a chart showing the effects of inflation. Uh, you can see this is the price of coffee over, over time. So you can see in 1970, a cup of coffee was 25 cents. In 2019, it's now $1.59. $1 so it just shows you the effect of inflation, the cost of living going up. And if your investments, your salary stays the same, you'll be struggling even to buy a cup of coffee. And that's just a cartoon character showing, again, the effects of consumer price index where he went shopping and by the time he got to pay for his shopping, the prices have gone up. I <laughs> said, so what do you mean prices have gone up since I got in line? So inflation is very, very important. And the biggest reason why one has to take seriously about creating other income streams and creating passive income. This is again just to highlight to you the importance of consumer price index. Uh, you all know the Church of England. And uh, you know, with the Church of England, you know, you think they're just there uh, in their robes, not doing anything. But even the Church of England, they're financially literate. Uh, the Church of England has a 9.2 billion pound investment fund. And not only do they have a 9.2 billion pound investment fund, but they know that they need to beat inflation with their investment returns because they know you giving them 2% return or 1% return is not, this is, is rubbish they know their returns have to be more than inflation. So you can see the investment objective is to generate a return of inflation plus 4%. And they've achieved, they've achieved this over the last 20 years. So you can see when the Church of England knows that whatever investment they do, they, want, they, they, they say they want to be at least 4% more than inflation. So for example, now we said the inflation in UK is 5.5%. That means their target would be 9.5% with their fund. They want to beat inflation plus 4%. So you can see this is, even the Church of England, they have to be financially literate and understand money, understand inflation, and understand the importance of getting good return on their investment that is better than inflation. So interest rates is another one that you need to know. Other uh, rates at what you pay for borrowing money, the bank pay you for saving money with them. Although they're very crafty the way they define it, because the simple definition for interest rates just means the cost of borrowing money. So interest rates just simply means the cost of borrowing money. The question is who is borrowing money from whom? So, like they say, if you take a loan from the bank, like a mortgage or personal loan, <clears throat> the interest you pay is the cost of you borrowing money from the bank for your personal loan or for mortgage. Now, when the bank takes money from you in terms of a savings account, they are borrowing money from you. And, and they, they pay you like 0.5% in the UK or less for borrowing money from you. And that's what you need to understand. So when you open a savings account, you are literally just borrowing the bank money and they pay you an interest. And it's usually a pittance. It's usually like zero point something percent. They pay you with your savings account when inflation is 5.5%. So again, this is why it's important to understand interest rates. So if Bank of England, for example, the interest rate is 0.5%. 
Uh, most UK savings accounts range from 0.6 to 2.2, but you can see with an inflation of 5.5% in the UK, this is worthless. This is just worthless with an inflation of 5.5%. Uh, Nigeria Central Bank is 11.5, but most Nigerian savings accounts, you get 3.5%. Inflation of 15%, you now see savings accounts are just a waste of time. And again, this is just beginning to highlight the importance of financial literacy and understanding interest rates, understanding uh, inflation. Okay, so what are we gonna do about this? Like we said, that's what we're here today about. You want to start creating income streams. One of the quickest and easiest way to do that is by investing in the financial markets. I'll talk about some other income streams, but the easiest, cheapest, and fastest way to start getting good returns on your money is by investing in the financial markets. Now, what are these financial markets? It's very important you know that these financial markets or the word financial markets comprises of four major components. There are four major components to these financial markets. One, you have what we call the fixed income securities where you have the bonds and treasury bills. You have the stock market itself. This is where you have company stocks and shares. You have the currency market or the forex market, as people call it. And then we have the commodities market. So these are the four major components of the financial markets. Now, the fixed income securities market is completely different from the stock market. Stock market is completely different from the currency market. Currency market is completely different from the commodities market. So it's important to know that there are four distinct and separate separate markets that comprise the financial markets. Now, the other reason why it's important for you to understand this and separate these four markets is when it comes to investment risk. Now, this is a quote from Warren Buffett where he says, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. We all, I'm sure you've all heard about horror stories of people losing money, invest in the financial markets, invest in the stock market. And it's largely because most people do it without informed judgments. And like he says, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. If, you, uh, like I said, I used to be a medical doctor, I used to be a gynecologist. So I was trained to do uh, operations, hysterectomies, cesarean sections. So when I do that, it's not a risk. Well, if you're not a trained gynecologist and you want to operate on a lady, that is a huge risk because you don't know what you're doing. I've never flown a plane in my life. <clears throat> I've never had flying lessons. So if I decide to fly a commercial jet, that's a huge risk because I don't know what I'm doing. And the same also goes with the financial markets. If you don't know what you're doing, then yes, you're going to lose a lot of money. But that's a nice quote from him. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. And then investment risk itself, which is what you're going to be involved in if you decide to invest in the financial markets, is to understand there is some risk. Now, Risk just simply means your chances of losing money. Because I like to keep this thing simple. Risk just simply means what are your chances of losing money? Not making money, but losing money. So I'll say that one last time. Investment risk or risk just simply means what are your chances of losing money? So if something is low risk, it means you have a low chance of losing money. If something is medium risk, it means you have a medium chance of losing money. And if something is high risk, it means you have a high chance of losing 
money. And I think this is very important because I don't want you to think, oh, I just invest in the financial markets, it's easy peasy, I'm not going to lose any money, there's guarantee, no. There is some risk involved. But as you can see from the consumer price index and inflation, doing nothing is also a huge risk. Doing nothing is a huge risk if you see the cost of living, the rate of inflation. So if you do nothing, it's, not, it's really not an option, doing nothing. You're guaranteed not to make any money. So let's start with low risk. So like I said, low risk means low chance of you losing money. So if you're scared of losing money, you don't want to lose a penny, you don't have a high risk appetite, then the best market to invest in is the fixed income securities market where you can buy bonds or treasury bills. That is the only aspect of the financial market that gives you low risk. I'll repeat that. The only part of the financial markets that gives you low risk, meaning low chance of you losing money, is the fixed income securities market, meaning buying bonds and treasury bills. That's the only one. And as you can see, the returns are terrible. In the UK, you get like 1% a year with an inflation of 5.5%. In Nigeria, you get 8% a year with an inflation of 15%. So you can see this unfortunately doesn't cut it. But unfortunately, this is the only one that gives you low risk. So unfortunately, if you want to invest in any other part of the financial markets, the risk goes up, meaning there's some chance of you losing money. So when it comes to medium risk, so if you don't mind taking some risk, but not too much, medium, not too much risk, then the best markets to invest in is long-term. The key word there is long-term, long-term investment in the stock market. So the stock market is the best market to invest in long-term and it gives you medium risk. Again, medium risk doesn't say no risk. Medium risk means there is some chance you could lose money. So I keep emphasizing that, but is medium and it can be managed if you know what you're doing and you, should, you, you take it seriously. And as you can see, despite the COVID crisis, the, the madness from last year, uh, the US stock market still returned 27% by the end of December last year. 27%, so you can see that's well above inflation, well above inflation. Despite all the chaos in the world and the turmoil in the world, we still get a, a return of 27% from the US stock market. And then finally, you have high risk. And high risk means exactly what it says. It means high chance of you losing money. High chance of you <laughs> losing money. So if you, if, you, if you don't have a high risk appetite, you're not ready to lose money, then you don't go to trading. That's where trading comes in. So that's where trading the Forex market, commodities, cryptocurrencies, they come into this, so it's high risk. So yes, you can get 100% return a year, but you can also lose all your money. It's high risk. So high risk means high chance of you losing money. And I think this is very important. And this is where people get scammed and get duped is because most people are looking for the holy grail, which means they're looking for something that will give them a 100% return with no risk. It does not exist. I'll repeat that. If you're looking for something that will give you a 100% return with zero risk, it does not exist. Basically, the higher the returns, the higher the risk, the higher the chance of losing money. Very important to understand that. But the risk can be managed. 
but you need to understand risk so that people don't take advantage of you. So a bit of background if you want to go into long-term investing. Uh, in order for you to become a successful long-term investor, you need to develop the four, this following four skills. And number one, you need to know how to value money. If you want to be a good investor, you need to know the value of one pound, one dollar, one euro. You need to know the value of money. You need to know how to control money because if you don't control money, you won't have any money to save. And when you save money, you need to put it aside so that you can then finally invest that money. So you have to have these four crucial skills, how to value money, how to control money, how to save, save money, and how to invest money. Uh, other skills you can develop is how to make money, uh, which is where small businesses come in trading how to make money now, how to shield it. You need to know how to protect your income and protect your assets. And finally, how to share it. And, you know, giving to those who are less fortunate than you and helping out in the general community. So I'm just going to give you a quick insight on how to value money or the value of money. So which do you prefer? Do you want me to give you £1,000 every day for 30 days? Or do you want me to give you... £1,000 every day for 30 days? Or do you want me to teach you to double one pence every day for 30 days? So do you want £1,000 every day for 30 days or me to teach you to double one pence every day for 30 days? We haven't got time, so we won't, we won't put this out to all of you. <laughs> so £1,000 per day for 30 days is £30,000. Whereas if you double one pence every day for 30 days, you will get 2.6 million pounds. So one pence doubled every day for 30 days will give you 2.6 million pounds. So that just shows you the value of a penny. Just depends on what are, what are you doing with that penny. Okay, so you just begin to just highlight to you the importance of the value of money. You know, are you wasting the money or are you investing it wisely to give you good returns? Now, how does one pence turn into 2.6 million? The concept how one pence turns into 2.6 million is a concept of compound interest. So that's really something you're looking at getting from your investment, compound interest. You want to get compounded returns on your investment. Like Albert Einstein says, the greatest mathematical invention known to man is compound interest. So prosperous people earn compound interest. So prosperous people are looking around their country, around the world, where they can make their money work for them and get good returns and compound returns. And that's where passive income comes in. So prosperous people earn compound interest. This is why it's important to begin to understand that you, you should be making your money work hard for you, not you working hard for your money. You should not be working hard for your money. Your money should be working hard for you. And the beauty about making your money work hard for you is because the money doesn't take sick leave. Money doesn't go on holiday. There are no labor laws against money. You can walk your money to death. <laughs> so you can, you can walk your money 24-7. And that's what you should be beginning to think about doing. What are you doing every pound or every cent or every dollar you have? And that's what prosperous people do. They're, they're making sure that their money is working for them and earning compound interest. 
for us poor people pay compound interest. And of course, the most common way you pay compound interest is from personal loans, credit card debts. So you need to be very careful. What are you taking a loan out for? What are you paying this debt for? Uh, you shouldn't be paying compound interest on uh, material things that are not going to give you any value in the future. And uh, so that's where you need to begin to orientate the way you look at money and how you manage money. There's another quote from Warren Buffett where he says, wealth has come from a combination of compound interest. I'll just skip that chart. <clears throat> so this is just a quick chart I just want to quickly go through. It just shows you how saving one pound a day can generate you a million pounds. Saving one pound a day can generate you a million pounds. So basically you invest in 30 pounds a month. Investing 30 pounds every month can generate you a million pounds. But it depends on what you are investing in and at what annual returns you're getting. So for example, if you're doing 30 pounds every month and you're, getting, and you're investing in something that's giving you an annual compounded return of 3%, you will have your million dollars or million pounds in 150 years. I'll repeat, if you're doing your 30 pounds every month, investing in an investment vehicle that has given you an annual compounded return of 3% a year, you will get your million pounds in 150 years. So you can see, and this is even 3%, talk less of the interest you get in your savings account of 0. Point something percent. And, and even the interest in your savings account is not compounded, it's simple interest. So again, this is just highlighting that it's a waste of time doing savings accounts. You're not going to get wealthy from a savings account. Now let's jump to 10%. So you can see here, if you're doing 30 pounds every month, 30 pounds every month, investing in something that is giving you a 10% annual compounded return, you will get your million pounds in 59 years. So that's within your lifetime. So 30 pounds every month, investing in something that gives you on average 10% compounded return a year, you will get your million pounds in 59 years. Again, we haven't got time to throw this out to, the, to everyone, but I'm sure if you look at it logically, if you think, how can I shorten this 59 years, is by investing more money. If you do 40 pounds instead of 30, you will shorten the duration. If you do for, uh, 50 instead of 40, you will shorten the duration. And of course, if you get higher returns, you can shorten the duration. And also this tells you that the sooner you start, the better. You can't afford to start tomorrow. You, want, you need to start yesterday. And of course, for those who have children, it's better to start as soon as possible having an investment account for your children. You can have investment accounts, especially in the UK, from the age of zero. From the time the child comes out of the womb in the UK, the child straight from the womb can have an investment account. <laughs> so no excuses. So this is just to, again, highlight to you the value of money, the value of one pound. It's just a question of what are you doing with it? This is just a quick testimony from uh, someone who applied some principles where she grew her portfolio from 9,000 uh, pounds to over 17,000 uh, pounds. 
just using some of this uh, strategies I teach about investing. Uh, this you just invested in index funds uh, to achieve this uh, return, and she's also based in the UK. So again, I just wanted to highlight that this is not magic. It's not, you don't have to be a, a PhD holder or a professional to achieve this kind of returns. Anyone can do it like uh, Belinda did. So like I said, it's important to document your income and expenses, you need expenses, and then with a clear picture of your face, you can see where you can save money to get to invest in case something goes wrong. So you have some money in the pot to carry you through. And then from then on, 50% of your savings should go into your long-term investment account. So basically what I'm just trying to say is that you need to tidy up your finances, have a clear idea what's going on in your life or your expenses. So for example, if if you work out how much you're paying for your rent, your mortgage, your food, your petrol, your transport, and you add it all up, and you find that after you've paid all your expenses, you have like 100 pounds left extra, then out of that 100 pounds extra, 50%, meaning 50 pounds, should go straight into your long-term investment account. And that's where you find money to start investing in. And again, this is why it's important to now know the value of money and look at what are you really spending money on? Are you going to Starbucks every day? Are you going to a fancy restaurant every day? Are you just buying, doing retail therapy every day and buying designer stuff every day? What are you spending your money on? Are you spending it wisely? Are you making informed judgments? So that's the key. That's continue. So again, this is just another quick testimony of someone who got their finances in order. Uh, it's actually a member of Jesus House, um, which she came attended one of my seminars in Jesus House, but uh, she gave this very good feedback about, you know, getting her finances in order. She, you know, she was able to clear her credit card debts. She's developed a regular savings culture. She's now investing for herself and for her kids, and she's developed a learning culture. So again, this is just to highlight that this can be done by anyone and everyone. So long-term investing basically allows you as the investor to benefit from world creation and the growth of a country's economy. That's the bottom line with investing. So if you think the UK is going to create wealth and grow the economy in the long term, the key word is long-term. We're not talking in the next month or the next year. Long-term is five to 10 years, five to 10 years. So if you think UK is going to create wealth and grow the economy over the next five to 10 years, then you want to invest in that country so you can also benefit yourself as they grow their economy and create wealth. If you think USA is going to create wealth and grow their economy over the next five to 10 years, so you want to get involved in the stock market and economy. If you think the same for Germany, if you think the same for Indonesia, Hong Kong, it doesn't matter. But I'm not recommending is my witness i'm not sure you should invest in any example but that's what long-term investing means it, it just allows you as the investor to benefit from the wealth Dr. creation Dr. and the growth of the countries yes sorry i just wanted you to repeat that because when you said i'm not recommending you went funny so can you just repeat that so we can <laughs> yeah like i said this is this is uh 
this is a teaching exercise. So I'm not, I'm not here saying go and invest in UK, go and invest in USA. I'm just giving you some, we're, we're giving you some information and education. I'm using those countries as an example, just to elaborate on what I'm, I'm explaining. <laughs> so for example, again, I am based in Rwanda, um, uh, but I am still benefiting from the world creation in UK, I'm benefiting from the world creation in USA, I'm benefiting from the world creation in Asia and Europe, but I'm not based in those countries. So basically that's what investing allows you to do to benefit as those countries are creating wealth and growing their economy. Now to do this, you need to get involved in the stock market of that country that you think is going to create wealth and grow the economy. And the various ways you can do that, you can invest in stocks and shares, but you don't need to know everything about this passive financial instruments, just the important basics. So the basics, which again, like I said, this is not the forum to go through it in detail, but the basics of long-term investing is that you need to do what we call a filtering process. You need to filter and decide what stocks you're going to buy, what bonds you're going to buy, what mutual funds you're going to buy, what index funds you're going to buy, what ETFs you're going to buy. Uh, all this can take me a couple of hours just to explain each of them because, again, this is quite a detailed topic, but we'll tell you where you can get uh, further information uh, towards the end. But that's the basics of long-term investing. You need to filter, analyze, and decide what to buy, what stocks to buy, what bonds to buy, what mutual funds to buy, and not just guess. You need to be objective in your assessment and your analysis. Once you've decided what to buy, you then have to decide when to buy, timing in. When do you want to buy? And once you bought, timing out when you want to sell. Now, there are three main ways you can gain access to the stock market of the country you're interested in investing in that you think is going to create wealth and grow the economy. There are three main ways to gain access to that stock market. Again, number one is just to invest directly in stocks and shares. So, for example, if you think um, UK is going to create wealth and grow the economy in the next five to 10 years. If you buy, let's say for example, tax, again, for example, for example, you buy Tesco shares, Tesco's best in UK, you buy Tesco shares, you're already plugged into the UK market. But again, you need to know what you're doing when you're buying stocks and shares. You need to know how to perform detailed fundamental analysis and know how to choose and pick stocks wisely, not just guess. But that's one way you can gain access to the stock market of a country you're interested in by buying stocks and shares of companies listed on the stock exchange in that country. If you don't have the knowledge of how to choose stock, you can invest in mutual funds. Basically, mutual funds is just somebody making the investment decisions on your behalf. That's investment mutual fund is. So a mutual fund, the one puts money there, you invest them money, and then they do the willing and dealing. They decide what and sell. And if they make it with everyone who invests in fund, if they, but basically that's what actively managed funds or mutual funds are. So if Sorry, you can Dr. choose stocks and shares on your own. Dr. Bajoka, can you just repeat number two? You went a bit funny there. So okay, uh, yeah. uh, to do that. Thank you. No problem. So yes, I was just saying actively managed funds, mutual funds is basically a fund 
that is being managed by fund manager where investors like you can give the fund manager or put money in that fund and the fund manager does the decision making as to what to buy what to sell and any returns they get they share it among the investors in that fund same with the losses anything they lose you lose too and you have to pay the fund manager a fee for that and finally the best one the best way i think to access the market that you're interested in is by investing what we call passively managed funds now this is where index funds or exchange funds come in and they're one of the easiest way to get into investing very quickly and safely index funds they just track the whole stock market of trees so for example if you're interested in investing in the uk and you want to have exposure to the UK, whole UK stock market. If you're interested in the American market, and you can just buy a US index fund that just tracks the whole US stock market. So just... Uh, uh, hey, Dr. Badjoka, you have to go passively back. ...manage funds, and another way for you to gain access is Dr. Banjoko. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you, Tanuka. Oh, you can hear me. I can hear you. Number three, you went funny the last, so we need you to go back like one minute. The thing is, I can't remember what you said. You said in the US, and then you went funny. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Okay, no worries. (laughs) Yeah, apologies, everyone. Apologies for this. Uh, but yes, I'll just say, I'll just use as an example that index funds are just to gain access to the market of the period. And I'll just use this as an example. If you're interested in the UK stock market, you can buy it. If you're interested in the US stock market, you can just buy a US index fund that just tracks the whole of the US stock market. So that's why I love about index funds. They, they take away a lot of hassle of you deciding what to do once you've chosen the country ETF that market. Tinika? Yes, sorry. So I'm just going to repeat what you said. I think you said that's what you like about index was because it takes away the hassle. Is that what you said in your last sentence? Yes, yes, that's what I said. Okay, all right. Thank you. Go on. Okay, now I just want to rush through this quickly. This is just for the benefit of uh, you guys in the UK. Um, if you want to do your investment, I'm not going to go through this in detail because I want to cover everything on the slide before the one hour is up. So it's just for you to be aware that there are investment vehicles that you can use to invest in a tax efficient way, especially those of you in the UK. So for example, the ISA account, uh, which adults from, um, people, uh, adults from the age of 18 can open a standard ISA, which any profit you make in your ISA investment account is tax-free. So that's a good one for you to know. Um, to, you can put your investments in an ISA and you can withdraw your funds anytime. There's also what we call a junior ISS, like I told you, everyone from this can have an account. So you're from the age of to 18, but funds are not accessible till they're 18 years old. 
which is good. So it, does, it doesn't stop you. It stops you from tampering with investment and your returns are tax-free. You have a lot of ISA, which you can use to help in saving or investing for your first home. That is a government scheme that helps. Again, I'm not going to go through all this in detail. You can go through the details on the slides later, or you can speak to your broker about it in detail. Uh, um, so is another one. SIP is another one that you can open, but the SIP is like a, a, a SIP plan. That's what SIP back. actually stands for self-invested pension plan. There's an also another tax-efficient way you can invest in the UK account, whatever you count, should I present? So it's 100 all that. You're, you're eligible to open that account. Again, if you're in the UK from the age of zero to 75. The current annual limit is 40,000. Again, you can get more details from your uh, broker or you can read more details when you get the handout. Uh, so that's another tax-efficient way Yes. Sorry, I yeah. know you have because you want to get through in an hour, but don't rush through, please. We can give you an extra 15 minutes. Oh, no, the reason why I'm rushing through that these ones are all technical. So it's not really okay. all technical stuff, which I don't want to spend too much time. Yeah, yeah they're okay. too technical. That I don't want to, I don't want to take away of the, 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 the meat of this presentation, which is creating passive income stream. Okay, all right, fine, thanks. Yeah, but I just wanted to highlight for those who are not aware that this invest uh, tax uh, tax efficient investment accounts exist, and to do some more work and find out more details about them. That's just what I want to highlight. But because <clears throat> if I go through them in detail, that could take another hour, <laughs> which will take away from what we're here for. So yeah, SIP account is another way you can invest, especially in the UK. This is my own investment broker in the UK. Again, I'm not recommending them. I don't work for them. They don't pay me a commission. They don't even know I exist. But I'm just recommending them because that's the one I use. I've been using them for over 20 years. This is where I have my investment portfolio. Uh, they're quite reputable, but you, obviously there are so many of them out there that you can choose who you want to go with. Um, so that's my own brokerage account, Hagris Lansdowne, and they're members of the financial services uh, company session scheme. Okay, so this is a quote, you will walk until you die. And I think none of us want to do that. We want to enjoy our hard work and live and enjoy our retirement. Again, the importance of um, creating passive income streams. So I'm just going to quickly go, and this is why I want to get to this slide. Uh, apart from investing, like I said, investing is a very good way because, for example, to buy an index fund, the minimum amount is like 25 pounds a month. Uh, to buy stocks and shares, again, is what you can afford. So that's why I love the financial markets. You, the, the entry level is low. From as little as 25 pounds a month, you can be investing in index funds and start getting good returns on your money. So that's why I love the financial markets, love investing. And again, you can do it all from your laptop. You know, it's all online. You don't need to go anywhere. And that's why I love it. But by, again, it's not the only way you can create passive income streams. You can create other multiple streams of income. Of course, we all know about real estate. 
I know, like Alan says, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. So we all know real estate is always a good investment choice. Of course, again, the same thing, you need to make informed judgments when you uh, invest in real estate. Again, we have what we call the three Fs when it comes you have to find the right property. This is the most important F because if you find the right property, the right property means you get a property in a good place undervalued for its value and with a good potential for returns either to sell or to rent. So finding the property is a crucial part uh, of real estate. If you get the find it wrong, then the rest will fall apart. Now, once you found the right property, you find it's not too difficult to fund it and to farm it out, which is to sell it. This is uh, just an example of uh, real estate construction, uh, Myself, my brother, and some partners are doing in Belize. We're constructing a residential real estate uh, project. That, again, it's just highlight that you, know, you don't have one place. There are opportunities around the world. Uh, the world is one place now. Boundaries have been broken. Uh, you can invest anywhere. I'm not saying you should go and do all this. You have to <laughs> do your homework and you know make informed judgments and decision. Uh, but I'm just saying. You know, it's a model of me practicing what I preach, basically. So we just bought this land in Belize and we're developing it and selling lots and, and plots there. Uh, at the, and it's just next to the lagoon there. The other thing is you can do, obviously, for those who are tech savvy and uh, creative, it's what we call uh, infopreneuring. Uh, infopreneuring is just how you turn your expertise, your experience, your passion, your hobby, or your favorite pastime into live streams, lifetime streams of cash flow. That's basically what infopreneuring is. It's just basically using your own expertise. So if you're an expert cook, you can write a cookbook. Maybe you had an experience where you were an alcoholic and you recovered and you are now sober and you, you beat it. Then you can write about your experience. If you're passionate about something, you can teach it or, or write about it and create a lifetime stream of uh, cash flow from that. So anyone can make millions selling information. So all you need, like we say, is an interesting story or an idea, an expertise that people want, and a powerful marketing plan. Uh, this is one of the books I've written called Trading and Investing Made Easy. Um, and also there's a book I wrote with um, U.S. Alternative Life's Passion, which was a bestseller in the USA. Um, uh, it's called Wake Up and Leave Your Life book series. And then obviously internet marketing, which I personally am not good at. I haven't got much time for the internet, but for those who are very good on the internet and being on social media, that also can be used to turn the power of the internet into a lifetime stream of cash. So anyone can do that to make money on the internet. I'm sure we all are aware about that now. Again, it's the same thing. It's just you creating your social media accounts, your website, your blogs, driving traffic to your sites and your social media account and you know creating content. And then finally, we're going to setting up small businesses. Small businesses are the one that tends to be the engine of most countries. They're the ones that tend to be employed the most people in most countries. And also, you know, people who do set up small businesses, you know, the the there's no limits, you know, in terms of what you can achieve and what you can become. But you look for businesses you have an interest in, which also has a high demand. You want to have the combination of those two. There's no point having a business that you are so passionate about, you're so interested in, but there's no one 
there's no demand for it. But at the same time, we don't want to be in a business that although there might be high demand, but you have no interest in it. You will just be frustrated and it'll be boring for you. So you want to have a combination of the two, a business that you have an interest in, but also has a high demand. But you need to be prepared to work hard. Nothing comes easy, especially in the initial stages. In the initial stages of setting up any business, any startup is rough. Any startup business is rough. You know, it takes up your time, your resources, you know, and you don't see anything for a while. So you need to be prepared to work hard in the initial stages as you build up your business. And you need to do your research. Again, you don't go by guesswork, you do your research. And also remember cash flow is king. Again, being financially astute and financially literate helps. So you're not just spending money and wasting money. So this is one of my businesses. Um, in Rwanda, it's called Kabashiro Farms, where we're doing goat farming and horticulture farming. So uh, I tell people nowadays, I'm no longer a doctor, I'm now a goat herder. So that's my new title, I'm a goat herder. <laughs> so here are some investment tips from Warren Buffett um, as we round out to our last five minutes. So he says on earning, never depend on a single income, make investments to create a second source. So that's very good advice, you know. So even if you have a job that you love, it's always good to have other income streams. On spending, if you buy things you do not need, soon you will have to sell things you do need. So again, this is where I've been careful and how you value money and how you spend money is very important. On savings, do not say what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. On taking risks, never test the depth of the river with both feet. So like I was saying earlier, even if you want to invest, you want to invest 50% of your disposable income. So it's not that you're going to invest your mortgage or invest your, college, your, your children's school fees, no. It is 50% of your disposable income. And on investment, all your eggs in the basket. You, you need to vary. And this is a very good scripture from the Bible, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse 2. It says, Invest what you have in several different things. You don't know what happened on earth. So this is why you want to have multiple income streams. Uh, if possible in multiple countries so for example my uh, investments so i guess i can show you that again i'm practicing what i preach so you can see my investment portfolio i'll log into that and show you that during the q a so my own investments too in terms of investments i have investment exposure across europe uk asia um Africa and you uh, and then you can see also with my uh, real estate and small businesses in different countries. So you always want to diversify if possible. So that's just a podcast I have, which you can listen to it for free. Um, the details there on the handout. Uh, I also have a digitized online investing seminar that you can gain access to if you're interested in learning in more detail how to analyze the market 
and make uh, wise decisions in terms of investing. Um, so you can get details on the website there, nextgenflxcommunity.com. And that's our social media handle. Okay, Tinu. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've got lots and lots of questions. So I hope you're ready to back up everything you've said. Because um, there's yes. a few. Well, <laughs> let me see. Let me actually see. Let me actually see if I can log into my investment account so I can quickly show that. But you can be talking while well, I Whilst do you're that. doing that, let me I'm going to keep my camera off because of bandwidth. But whilst you're um, doing that, I will start by asking you questions. So the first okay, question is what's the updated rate of inflation in Rwanda? Ah, good question. Uh, I think Rwanda is about 5%, I think. Um, okay, I haven't checked check. Rwanda for a while. But, but the reason why I haven't checked is because, again, I'm glad this has been recorded and I'm glad Tinu is there because, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I'm not making any recommendations. Uh, now, the reason why I haven't checked is because I know Rwanda's inflation has always been below 5 over the last 10 years. And their bond rates, if you buy Rwandan bonds, is about 13% return. So it makes sense to buy bonds in Rwanda, which I have done because the return on the Rwandan government bond is 13%. The inflation is like less than 5%. So that makes sense. But again, I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Um, next question. When you were um, talking about the CPI figure, the figure that you used for the UK was dated in February, but all the other figures were March. Someone noted this and wanted to know why. Oh, no, I just haven't seen the one for March yet. Okay, all right. So there was nothing um, sinister about that. No, no. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> just checking. Okay. Um, um, if you're just starting, say you only have 10 pounds a month to spare, what would you advise to do with it? Should we save it to a certain amount and then invest or should we start investing with the 10 pounds and if we start investing what is a suggested investment to start with this has like four questions in one should i go through them one by one yeah um, no 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 that's okay um because that's a that's an easy but difficult question now easy in the sense that um you the minimum like i said earlier okay let me go back a bit the best, the best and easiest investment to do is what we, like I said earlier, is index funds. So that's the one I, I, I confidently advise people to invest in is index funds. And of course, you can just choose countries like UK and USA because everyone knows UK and USA uh, will do well in the next five or 10. Although with this situation in Russia and Ukraine, you never know. But by and large, we think USA and UK will do well in the next five to 10 years. So buying an index fund that will track the UK and USA is a really relatively safe bet, but don't forget about medium risk. There's some, still some risk involved. So usually during my seminars, that's one I advise people to invest in. But obviously that's haven't taught them in detail what index funds are and how to assess index funds. So index funds are the best ones to start with because like I said, it just gives you exposure to the whole market. And like I said also, sorry? You start with 10 pounds, or would she have to build that up to 25 pounds? Because I know you said something about exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's where I was coming up to. So that's where you have to build up to 25 pounds a month. Because yes, the minimum is 25 pounds a month. Okay. So you can save up to it. Okay, fantastic. So I just saw a question that's related to that that just came up. Um, where was it? 
Oh, okay, when I, I don't want to get lost, so I'll find it later. Do you recommend drop shipping as a way of starting a small business? Uh, well, it's not something I have done, so uh, I can always speak confidently about things I have done personally, but I know people who have done drop shipping. But again, it goes back to what I said at the beginning about financial literacy. Now, whatever you do, make sure you get informed first. So informed judgments is the key. So know everything you can about drop shipping, talk to people who have done drop shipping, Anything, not doesn't matter whether it's you're opening a fashion or a restaurant, whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing it with knowledge and research and speaking to people who've done it so that you're going in with your eyes open with knowledge of what you're doing. Um, I think that's general advice I'll give to any business that you want to do, uh, whether it be drop shipping or anything else. Okay, can I just say we can now see username, date of birth, so please know how you are going to do your stuff when you're logging in. Um, but that's just by the way. Back to that index, how do, if I said to you, I've got 25 quid, I want to go and start buying index, you know, I want to um, buy index funds, what do I do? You, you need to buy, sorry, not to, no, sorry, not to be, you need to open a brokerage account. Okay. Um, that's why, that's why like, I recommend. Um, how Greaves lands that, is that like a brokerage account? Yes, so someone like Hadrix, I'm not saying you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, I'll repeat it. I'll repeat it. Don't, this they, is they not don't recommended. Pay me it's just saying you have to use <laughs> But anyone else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So to start exactly. off, you have to open a brokerage uh, You need a yeah, brokerage account. Okay. So that's because they, they are the ones that will help you access those financial instruments. So yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's not something you can buy off Tesco shelf. <laughs> and is this straightforward to <laughs> an account? Do you just Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you. Um, I've actually logged into my account. Let me quickly show you my account. Okay. You, oh, you've logged in. Okay, we didn't see that. Yeah. I told you. I told you not to worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking out as well. No. <laughs> Let me just increase the the font a bit so it's a bit big so you can see okay so okay we can't this see is my no no i'm still i'm still adjusting some things i want to make sure nothing sensitive is shown before i show you <laughs> fantastic okay right so this is my investment account i have two accounts with slants i have an ice account and a sip account uh this is one of them the sip so you can see i have different stocks are bought, I have index funds. You can see the index UK, index USA. You can see my USA's return 13%, UK's 12, 10.2%. So basically, you know, from the presentation, I was showing you about compounded return with 10% a year. So I'm showing you that the 10% a year you can easily get with index funds. Of course, with stocks and shares, you can see hashtag is up 225 um this way but you can see there's some risk involved you can see this is down nine percent so again that's why i've said there's some risk involved this is down two percent this glencore is up 300 percent this is down one percent um it just goes on and on so yeah i do have a very deep, uh, extensive portfolio um and this is where i was saying the diversification helps there's also a limit of risk I'm always scared to show people this because they think, okay, they'll just start buying and get the same results as me. No, you need, there's some homework you need to do. You need to have knowledge of the markets, knowledge of fundamental analysis, when to buy, when not to buy, how to assess this properly. Like I said, you can get details from the cost, the digitized costs I have online that you can join. But yeah, I just wanted to show you that this is what I do. And 
most of these talks are from different countries and different continents uh, and so on so, and so forth. Anyway, okay, so yeah, I've got a million questions, so I'm going uh, to stop you there, please, because we have yeah. plenty of questions to go through and I don't, I would like us to reach them all if we go can. Ahead. Okay, yeah, property investment. I think you touched on this. The question is what about property investment? But I think you touched on that saying that's yeah. something that we shouldn't wait to do. We should buy and wait. That's what you said. Yes, oh. but uh, but it's also going through the three Fs, find it, fund it, farm it. So it's making sure you buy the right property because okay. it all, real estate always hinges on did you buy the right property? Uh, if you buy the wrong property, you're in trouble. Wrong property being in that you buy a property that nobody wants, that you can't rent yeah. out, you can't sell it. Uh, and you probably paid more than you should have paid for it. So yeah, that's the key. It's okay. making sure you find the right property. Right property, fantastic. Okay, um, so another question, we've kind of already covered this. Do you have any platforms you would recommend to identify index funds? We've said something like this HL. Oh yes, oh yeah, let me, let me quickly show you that. Okay, any reliable- I'm just showing you again, I'm, I, uh, 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 again, Tino is my witness. I'm not recommending it. I'm just showing you. <laughs> I am your witness. So for the reason why I like, yeah, the reason why I like Harvest Lansdowne number one is that their website is free. You don't have to be a client of theirs to use their website. They have a lot of information there. So like I said, if you go to Stocks and Shares ISA, you can just click on it and read everything about Stocks and Shares ISA. That's why I said I didn't want to go through it in detail during the presentation and waste time because this is readily available information online. So if you just go there, you can see services, click on stocks and shares to find out information, click on lifetime to find out information, click on junior ISA, SIP. So you can go there and find out as much information as you know. All this, you don't count all the web. All this information is readily available on their website for free. Just go to their website and find out more information. Hence why they want to spend too much time on that. Now, going back to index fund. So again, you can see here, it says, it says funds. So you just click on funds. I hope my internet behaves itself. Good. And then under funds, you can just search funds. And I'll just do, again, this is just going through this thing quickly. But you can get us from but see, there are lots of companies that provide index funds, but let me just go Fidelity US index. There we are. So that's Fidelity Index US. Oops. I'm sorry, I clicked on it. What's there you go? So you got that's index US. So you can you see number one, it has to say index for you to know it's an index fund, and it's saying which country is tracking the US. So that's index tracking the US. And you can see this is the returns over the last five years. Yeah. So in the last five years, in the years to 18, it returned three percent, 18 to 19, 10. During the COVID year, 19 to 20 minus four, but afterwards it jumped up 2021, 43%. 21 to 22%, 19%. So you can see on the average is well over 10% on average. And it, the good thing about index funds, you can set it up for them to compound the returns. Okay. Okay. Um, can you say that in English? That's oh, it. Sorry. You can set them to compound the returns. Could you explain? Okay. <laughs> All right. Basically, if you open an account with any broker, 
and you tell them you want to start setting up a direct debit or standing order to your account to invest in an index fund, you can also instruct them. And again, you can, all do, 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 you can do all this online, but you can also call them, but you can also instruct them that as these returns are coming back into your account, for them to reinvest it in the index fund so you can get compounded okay. returns. All right, fantastic, thank you. How do you analyze the best stocks and shares to invest in for long-term investment? Are there any guiding principles for choosing stocks to invest in? Yes, do proper details, fundamental analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, um, teaching you about fundamental analysis, that is in itself a two-hour session, just teaching you about mental analysis on its own. Uh, but again, that's why I said, um, you know, I do have a digitized online course that you can attend yeah. that goes through all that in detail. Uh, because like I said, the course is actually, I think it's about um, 18 hours. Yes, yeah, okay. about 18 hours. And that goes through everything in detail from basics to the end. So, I mean, basically, so, yeah, I can say stuff. The, um, we need to go and do proper, like train ourselves properly, like get proper. Yes, um, yes, yes. Exactly. So this is yeah. a taste of It gives you an idea, but if you want proper training, um, Rem, um, Dr. Bajoko does offer them. So I uh, just offer training. So we'll talk about that again towards the end. But my question is yeah. going to the, the, the goat herder, not the doctor. The goat herder, sorry. The goat herder has <laughs> courses you can sign up to join. Okay. Um, do you always have to buy properties to invest in property investment? What if you don't have the capital strength, but but you want to set up a property business or invest in property? That's again, that's what I love about the financial markets because with the financial markets, there are financial instruments that can give you exposure to real estate. So in fact, there's what we call REITs, REITs which is real estate investment trusts. So these REITs or real, real estate investment trusts specifically invest in the real estate market and real estate sector. So yes, you, you do, you can still get exposure to the real estate market via the financial markets, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Okay, um, someone asked about REITs. I didn't know what it was, but that's R-E-I-T, yes? Is that what you were just talking yes. about? Okay, great. Exactly, that... real estate investment trust. Investment trust, okay, because one of the questions says, can you talk about REITs? I didn't know what that was. So I don't know, is there anything else you want to add to the comment you just made? Uh, well, funny enough, that's exactly what REITs are. So REITs are just real estate investment trusts. Now, the only thing is that you need to find out what that uh, REITs is investing in. So for example, you could have a real estate investment trust that is investing in commercial buildings, or you could have one that's investing in residential buildings, or one that's investing in Europe, or one that's investing in USA. So you need to find out what, which, what exactly they're investing in, because again, again this is why crucial things in judgment. So what do you want? You want exposure in the commercial in USA, then you have to look for this that will give you that specific exposure. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Let me go back to my question. My question, I mean, like these questions. Ah, plenty, plenty. Okay. What is your view on eToro? I don't know what that is either. As in E capital T O R. It's a platform. It's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's an investment platform. Uh, it's okay. an investment. Again, like I said earlier, there's so many of them these days. There's so many online brokerage platforms, eToro. So basically, eToro is just an online investment platform, period. 
So there's okay. nothing special about them. They're just an online brokerage firm like Hagris Lansdowne. They might charge, their charges might be cheaper. They might offer, you know, wonderful customer service. Maybe they give you a pizza when you come and visit them. <laughs> but the core is that they're all the same. <laughs> the core for all these brokerage accounts, they're all the same. Where they differ might be their charges, their fees, okay. know, maybe their customer services. But Etro is just an online brokerage platform. Okay, fantastic. Next question. Um, dude, oh my gosh. The questions are coming so fast and... Okay, how do you know who a good broker is? What do you use as parameters measures that one can use? I guess if you do like, you know, what you were talking about, if you just join one of these um, brokerage things, then that's good enough. Oh no, actually that's, that's a good question. That's actually why I skipped through it. But let me quickly go back to slide. I just skipped through it quickly, but let me go back to the slide. Uh, because, you know, I was recommending Hagris Lansdowne as yeah. my broker. And I was saying you, you that, you know, recommending. you said you've used them for many years. That's what you said. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's good. Thank you for that. Tineke. Yeah. <laughs> now in, in specific relation to that question, that's a very good question. But if you want to join any broker, you want to make sure they're reputable. You need to make sure they're reputable. They have access to what you want because you'll be surprised. Some brokerage, brokers might not be able to give you index funds. So you might, you need to know that they have the financial interest ones, and then you see on this slide here, even the, the, the broker I use, I show people the reason why I use them because they're solid. They've been around for 37 years. They're not new. They actually floated on the London Stock Exchange. So they're actually a listed company on the London Stock Exchange. They measure it's 6 billion of assets. Is they're not a bank, so they have no borrowing. So they're not your money to mess around with. You know, they just make their money from their own investments and the fees are due. So they have exposure to some private and they're not a bank. And most importantly, they're a member of the financial services compensation scheme. Uh, meaning that if you lose money due to their own fault, the government will cover you for the first 85,000 pounds. Fantastic. Okay, next question. So these are just the sort of things you want to find out from the firm. Number one, are they registered with the, are they registered with the financial services in the no, go on, Remy, go on, go on. And are they members of this financial team? So just check the equity. Yeah? No, that's it. Cool. That's okay. Um, can you elaborate on the £25 a month investment? How does it work? You said all you need is a laptop. But how do I access the investment and pay £25, for example? This is by joining a brokerage firm. Yeah, we've answered this question, haven't we? Yes. So, for example, let me just quickly show you. Uh, and again, I'm not, this is just an example. I'm not saying that's an example. Exactly. So you really have to go into an office now to open an account. Most of them are online. And as you can see here, we even have this lands down. If you, you can see, you can open an ISA with them. You can open an account. You can open a SIP. And you can just do it online. The process is actually less than 10 minutes to open an account online. And once you open it online, you can you know start setting up your de monthly debit but most importantly they're still a brokerage firm so even if you have any issues you can call them and they can help you but yeah most of it can be done online you can set up your instruction online basic i have never seen anyone in Hagris Lansdowne. i've never been to the office over the last 20 years i've had an account with them i've never talked to them i've never seen them everything has been online 
Okay, fantastic. Okay, question about your book, Trading and Investing Made Easy. Is it possible to do trading and investment at the same time and each independent, independently? And if so, how? Well, that's what I've been doing for over 20 years. I trade and I invest. So I do both. And I actually teach people how to do both. So you can do both. But again, is knowing what you're doing. Um, because trading is significantly different from investing. Uh, when you're trading, you need to think like a trader. Trading is short term, in and out, quickly. You need to be like a robot. And it's high risk. Like I said at the beginning of when I was defining risk, trading is high risk. You are going to lose some money, whether you like it or not. You will lose money. But it's how you need to learn how to manage that risk. You need to know how to, to read the market, how to get in and get out. Whereas investing is completely different. You have to have a completely different mindset when you're investing. You're looking long term. I mean, I was some, I was end the answer to this question by saying I always said that everybody from the age of zero to you die. I strongly believe, and that's actually why I'm doing this session with you guys uh, for free. I strongly believe that everyone from the age of zero to you die should be an investor. Everyone should be an investor. That's why you see Church of England being an investor. You find that every wealthy person has investments in the stock market. I strongly believe that everyone should be an investor from the age of zero to you die, but not everyone should be trading. Ah, okay. And what's, why that? Why can some people trade and others can't? Because you need to have a different mindset. Number one, you have to have a high risk appetite. Okay. You need to have a high risk appetite. You need to be disciplined. You need to be organized. Uh, you need to be methodical. Um, I mean, again, these are sort of things I teach in my training seminar. So yes, you need to have a certain kind of attitude and personality and discipline to be a successful trader. Okay. All right. Thank whereas, you. Whereas with, it, whereas with investing, you just buy your index fund, set up your standing order and forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so speaking about um, invest index funds, what do practically people what do people practically need to do now? So the question is, what investment funds can people purchase, and how do they do this? I think we've touched on that. We've kind of answered that. Well, we haven't said what they should, which ones they should buy, but we've just said how they can do it. But you can probably elaborate on that. Can you explain the steps that people need to take to do this? Again, I think you've probably touched on that. You mentioned ISA and SIPP the interest for both isn't great. Can you talk us through the stages so people can practically take action? Are you there? Oh. Yes, there. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, the difficulty is that you need to do these things with informed judgment. That is really the key. Um, I don't want anyone going to make rash decisions, go and buy something, you don't know what you're buying and you get into trouble, you say, Remy said, <laughs> you know, so um, what I'm trying to say is that, okay, like, let me, let me summarize. What I'm trying to say is that understand the reality of the world we live in, understand that your yeah. paycheck won't cut it with, with, uh, with inflation and all that, understand you need to start creating income streams understand that there are certain ones you can do like investing that are low, uh, low entry, where you need just 25 pounds a month. I've just highlighted some instruments that you can invest in that can help. I've shown you my portfolio, there's real estate, there's setting up small business. So this is just to give you an idea. Now, when it comes to taking action, 
please, you need to then get more information. You need to, you know, know what you're doing in detail so that, you know, like we said, again, let me bring up that slide again, which is very important, you know, uh, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. So that's the key now. I mean, I don't want to plug my seminar too much, but it would be it's advisable to do the seminar, <laughs> you know, get detailed information so that, because the, the, the testimonials I will show you are from the seminars. Because the people, because the, the aim of the seminar is to make you to make your own decisions, teach you how to make your own wise decisions. That's the aim of the seminar. So you make your own decisions, or you make it with knowledge, with information, and with all. So I, I'm reluctant to say, okay, go and buy buy that. Yes, it's easy to open an account like I showed you online. You can just go to any brokerage account, open an account, and you're done. But when it comes to choosing what you invest in. Please know what you're choosing and why you're choosing it. That's the key. And then, like I said, with SIP, uh, this all in, actually, I will use this. Hold on, let me, let me just quickly um, use a whiteboard because people always get this thing wrong. Now, this is a house. This is a house. This is a house. So this is ISA. This is SIP, this is Junior ISA. They're just a house where you can put your investments in, but they are tax efficient, tax efficient. Now, ISA, SIP or Junior ISA, they are not investments in themselves. They are not investments. The investment is the stocks and share you put in there or the index fund you put in there or the REITs you put in there. That is investment. So they're on their own, they're not investment. So if you put in Tesco index fund or whatever in this ISA, what they're saying is that the returns or the, the, the profits or the returns you make is tax-free. They're saying that if you put your investments in here, so let's say you put in hundred pounds to invest, the government will give you 25% up to 40,000 a year. They will add it to that. And then there are some tax benefits. So they're just tax efficient ways to put your investment, same with the junior ISA. So they're not investments in themselves. They're just tax efficient vehicles where you put your investments that you can get some advantages from the profits you get, like tax-free or tax efficient with the SIP where the government gives you some more money. That's what I want to clarify with that. So they're not an investment in themselves. Okay, thank you. Guys, I'm very conscious of time and I have at least 20 more questions to go through. So if you have any further questions, I may not get to them today, but we'll make sure that Dr. Banjoko answers them and we'll send them out. So I'm just going to ignore what's in the chat at the moment and go with what I have. And then I'll come back to the chat if we have time, okay? Please bear with us. But you guys have just come with a million questions. You need to get on his course. Okay, please, how can I easily identify investments that are positively correlated so that I'm not investing in similar businesses unknowingly? Well, simple answer to that is you have to do your research. That's a good question because, like you say, you want to diversify. Uh, you want to have some exposure in commodities, maybe some exposure in the tech sector. So, yes, you want to be sure that you're not now putting your investment in something that's all in one sector and it's all in tech and you don't know. But again, that's where the research 
comes into what you're doing and understanding what you're doing so that you're not you're not making mistakes. You might think you're doing something, but you're doing the opposite. So this is where the research uh, and knowledge and understanding comes. You really know so basically, we can't doing. just, yeah. we can't wing it. We have to- No, do no, 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 okay. no, no. That's no, a bit no. of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, do you know anything about the Ghanaian um, market? There's a question the, here that, would you tell me if Data Bank Group is reliable investment firm for bond market in Ghana? I don't know if you are able Yes, to well, okay. <laughs> I said GFP. Okay, let me just, I have been using Data Bank for over 20 years myself. Okay. So I'll just say I've been using them for 20 years myself. My investments in Ghana, I, in Data Bank, I buy treasury bills in Ghana through Data Bank. So yes, they're, they're, they're one of the most reputable uh, brokerage firms in, in, in Ghana. And I, I use them, but I'm again, like Tino said, I'm not recommending them, but I use them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Someone is saying that all they can hear is that we have to have savings to start. What can one do if you don't have savings and you don't have a lot and you have a lot of credit card debt? Is there hope? Actually, very good question. There is hope. And that's why I actually shared that testimony. And again, I'm happy the testimony came from someone in Jesus' house. Um, because like I said, I think... Again, this is why it's important to attend the course because these things are not separate. For you to get into investing and all that, like I said, you need to know how to value money, you need to know how to control money. Because if you don't control money, you have no money to save, you have no money to save, you have no money to invest. So it really starts from you valuing money and most importantly, controlling it. You need to sit down and look at your finances. Where is your money going? And there's, there's, there's also what we call... Uh, uh, what they call it. Anyway, basically, you need to sacrifice. You need to share between necessities and wants. You know, I mean, I haven't got time to share it, but I, I, I was bankrupt before. I mean, most people who know me in Jesus' house know my story. I used to be bankrupt. I lost everything I had uh, at the beginning of my journey. I was bankrupt. I lost everything. So I had to start from zero. Um, so I, I always tell people I talk from experience. So when I had to go through not eating, not buying clothes for three years. You have to decide what is important use of your money. What is important, you know, buying new phones, buying this. I, can, I, I, always, I always share people, even if you attend my course, you hear my story. I always share my story about my bankruptcy and my failures so that when I'm harsh to you, you know I'm talking from a place that I wasn't, a, I wasn't an angel before. I was terrible with money before. I was terrible with my finances. I learned the hard way. So, but you really need to sit down and look at your finances and you'll be shocked how you begin to find money to save, but you have to make sacrifices. You can't be spending money the way you're doing and doing the same thing and expect it to magically appear from somewhere. No, you need to sit down. This is, let me quickly just read this testimony. Because like I said, I'm a member of Jesus House London. I listened to your message last year about managing finances. I am writing to say a big thank you for being the kickstart to my financial freedom. And anyway, I asked them to write down what they've learned. And she says what she was saying. That she, in the last eight months, I have been able to clear my credit card debts, develop a regular saving culture, invest in the medium risk ISA, invest uh, stock for my kids, as opposed to just monthly saving. So you really need to reorientate your attitude, your behavior, everything. In fact, the first session of my course is wealth psychology. Because I always emphasize that the mental side has to change first. You can't just keep thinking and behaving the same way. 
things have to change mentally first and then the rest falls in place. Thank you. What are your thoughts on trading bots and software? Also, are there any that you recommend for use? They're all a waste of time. Oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that the answer to the question? So there are none you would recommend? You think they're a waste yeah. of time? Again, this is where, where again, knowledge and again thankfully like i said i've been trading personally myself for over 20 years i actually used to guest lecture at the cast business school in london when i was based in london i used to teach alternative investment management and training to postgrads and undergrads there so i can tell you with all confidence that all those softwares and robots are a waste of time what makes you a successful trader is money management money management is what makes you a successful trader the software will not do money management for you you will lose money uh, and I always tell people that, you know, show me one wealthy trader who has made money from robots. No, none of them. The, the person who sells you the robot just makes money from selling you the robots and the software. They know you're not going to make any money strictly from that. If you apply it with good money management, yes. But if you just put a robot or a bot on your computer and go and sleep and think you'll just be making money like that, you'll just lose all your money. Okay. Thank you. How does one purchase bonds? Have we addressed this? You can do that through your broker too. Through your brokerage, okay. Do you provide tips on what shares, share commodities to buy? No, I don't. I just show you how to analyze the market and how to make those choices for yourself. Okay, fantastic. Can you- Like I said, again, let me, let me, let me go back to this quickly. <laughs> let me quickly go back to this. There you go. So. <laughs> Okay, can you advise on what to look for when selling shares? That's where the course comes in. Okay, so that's the course. So you're gonna to have to sign up for the course. Um, if people already have an ISA or a SIP with a bank, can another one be opened with HL, or with a brokerage firm, as um, for instance, HSBC stroke Barclays do not appear to allow an ability to invest in funds? That's a very good question. And I think this is why it's very important to gain this knowledge because uh, I'm happy of that question because you find when you start thinking about your money and how to make your money work for you, you now realize a lot of people out there that are just taking your money for nothing because you find most banks don't provide you with all these financial instruments I'm talking about, ETFs, index fund. They only give you their own product. Mm. Now, in terms of switching, um, I was told, and again, this is why you need to call the broker and go to their website. Initially, I knew you couldn't switch ISA's account within the tax year. So the tax year ends in April. 7th of, well, luckily it's close to 7th of April when the tax year will end. So I used to be of the knowledge that you couldn't switch ISA accounts within a tax year, but someone told me that's changed, that you could do that. But again, I said someone told me, I don't know first time, but you check with your broker uh, like I said, I showed you again on Harvest Lanza website. There's information on their website. You can call them and check and confirm. But even if you can't change within the tax year, the tax year is around the corner, 7th of April. Thank you. What investment tips do you have for those who run a startup, considering our income isn't yet as steady as we'd like it to be? Putting in on the fact that you acknowledge running a startup requires a lot of hard work and resources. But again, this is where I say getting your finances in order are very important because once you do get those finances in order, that answers your question as to, okay, because like I said earlier, once you, you've done all your finances, all your expenses, 
cut out all the waste, most importantly. And like I said, you maybe have 100 pounds disposable after all your expenses, then 50% of that goes into your investment. And that doesn't matter whether it's the money is coming from your small business or from your uh, salary or from hustling. The, that's the principle. The principle is that it's, it's 50% of your disposable. But okay. obviously for you to work out your disposable, you need to know what's coming in and coming out of your life and then cut out the waste to get more money to save and invest. Fantastic, thank you. What are your views regarding ethical investment funds when looking at the various index funds? Which would you say are the best to invest with? Well, again, this is where knowledge is key. Ethical, ethical investment fund is exactly what it says on the thing, of the tin. It just means they're not investing in things like tobacco, alcohol, you know, you know, uh, yeah. weapons, bullets. So that's all it's saying. It's ethical fund. So if you're if you're that way inclined, uh, you're cool. But again, you might not be investing in cigarettes, uh, alcohol, and guns. But what are you investing in? <laughs> you yeah. know, is it going to give me? So that's. And I'm happy you asked that question. Again, this is. I'm sorry to keep mentioning the cost, but. This is why it's important to get the knowledge so you, you know what questions to ask because you get the, all these fancy things branded in the financial market. They will say you're multi-balanced asset fund, multi-asset fund, sexy names, and they all mean nothing. You need to know, go down to the core. What are you investing in? So for example, if you say you're an ethical fund, uh, what you're investing in is a startup company in Russia at this time, that's not a very good idea. I don't care what you name the fund. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fund yeah. can have a fancy name, but if you invest in something that doesn't make sense or you think is going to lose you money, I don't care how sexy the name is. Mm. So that's what I always kind of get to move away from is what, where is your money actually going? So it might be ethical and they're not investing in things you don't like, like ammunition, cigarettes, alcohol, but what are they actually investing in? Investing in, okay. Fantastic, thank you. Um, someone wanted to know um, if you are a broker. No, that's the disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he isn't. But they can contact you and have conversations with you, so I'm sure they will. Um, if people wanted to purchase Rwandan bonds, what is the process? It's slightly difficult. Um, oh, okay. When I say slightly difficult, again, this is where, you know, Okay, I'm not going to go into detail, but countries are divided into three tiers. You know, you know, there, there are three, there are three, there are three countries, there are three categories of countries. But obviously, USA, UK, in category one, where anyone from around the world can gain access to their stock market. When the, in the third category of frontier markets, it's not easy to get access to those markets. So you might actually have to open a brokerage account in that country. And to open a brokerage account in that country, they might want to see you, they might want your passport. Some of them might be okay for you to scan in it, but then you might have to transfer money with transfer fees from your country to the account there. So it might be a bit of a hassle. Uh, it technically is, it, it, it's, you can do it technically, but yeah, it might, be a bit, not, it might not be as straightforward. And you would definitely need to have a brokerage account here. But luckily, because I travel to all these countries, that's why I can have my investments in all these countries. I actually leave them there. I don't move them around. What is in Ghana stays in Ghana. What is in Nigeria stays in Nigeria. What is in Rwanda stays in Rwanda. Okay. What is in UK stays in UK. Okay. 
Um, I often hear about long-term investments and vehicles. What strategies would you advise for us who love to travel and explore within moderation? So short-term investments alongside long-term. Do you understand that? Well, that's, well, that's what I do. Um, again, it's just understanding that's what it's about. Oh, I, I trade myself on a daily basis. So I, I, I trade every day. I have a long-term investment I have. And I have, as you, as you saw from my portfolio, I invest in everything from stocks and shares, index funds, ETFs in different places. And I also have small businesses. I have real estate. You can do everything. So there's really no, there's not a question of one over the other. Okay. It's just a question of, do you, ju do you just know what you're doing? Okay. Knowledge is power, eh? Okay, what's yeah. your opinion on investing on XIFRA trading? XIFRA trading. Thank God for Google. <laughs> Say it again. X is all in capitals. XIFRA. XIFRA. Okay. Usually, this is this is this is the thing about the financial market, is that you have um, number one. I don't know them, uh, but you can always quickly tell from their website what they're into, uh, whether they are providing a platform or softwares. I can think they. I think they're providing softwares. Okay, so anyway, I'm not going to talk about XIFRA. I'm just going to talk in general, yeah, because usually you have companies. Just like we were saying with HSBC and banks giving you um, ISAs, but don't give you good products. For, you have to realize that, unfortunately, people are not out there for your best interest. Mm -hmm. People are out there to make money from themselves and screw you over. So you have to be careful because you have companies, they're there to sell softwares to you. And that's it. Whether you make money or not, that's, that's your own problem. They only need to make money from the software. There are companies also that are there to uh, sell you a wild dream that uh, if you come to my course, you're going to be a millionaire. Of course, that's all, you know, not true. So just making money, they will probably tell you pay 10,000 pounds or $10,000 and then you pay a lot of money and not much happens after that. So you just really have to be careful about the integrity of, you know, all these companies that offer you all sorts of things that make you think that you can just, I mean, I don't know about extra, but just looking at the website, they look at it, they just give you tools and softwares to use, but that's not going to really make you become a millionaire overnight. Uh, there, there are other things that have to come into place to make this thing success, successful. Uh, okay. That's really what, what I have to say about, about that. But I don't know about them, but I think okay, they're just I'm a software company. Okay, thank you. I've got a couple of questions about your book, um, Trading and Investing Made Easy. So the first one is, how to how do you learn the math behind calculating, predicting which investment risk to run and how this is appropriate? That's the first one. That's where the cost comes in. Of course, okay. Second one, what is the <laughs> fundamental? No, I'm, good answer. What is the fundamental essence of trading psychology? That's course as well. Well, that one is easy uh, because, uh, okay, going back to the cost, although I said the cost, but unfortunately, it's where people lose money in the markets, uh, unfortunately, because people want somebody just to tell them, go and buy this. And unfortunately, that's, it's not as easy as that. 
unfortunately so because for example now i showed you one of my stocks i was up 222 percent i showed yeah. you one that was up 300 and 300 percent but the time to buy it is not now is it no are you following me yeah so you yeah. might look at my my portfolio it's gone up 300 percent you buy it now it might fall and you mm -hmm. lose money so yeah. the key question is when is the right time to buy which is where the fundamental analysis comes in and understanding the risk so this is why I always say that that's the whole aim of the course. It's not for me to teach you to be following me around and asking me for advice. The whole aim of the course is to teach you and equip you with the information so you can make your own informed judgments and your own informed decisions about the market. And that's I the key. Your first statement actually was about informing, you were talking about financial literacy, it was about- exactly. Informed judgments. That's that's really what it boils down to. Now with trading so psychology, <laughs> and then in trading psychology, in a nutshell, ninety-five percent of your success is down to your trading psychology, basically to your mind. Ninety-five percent of your success. Ninety-five percent of your success as a trader is down to your mind, not to your software not to your robot, not to your bot, not to your <laughs> technical analysis, not to your indicators. 95% of your success is down to you and your psychology and your mindset. Hence why I said earlier, not everyone can be a trader. And there is no robot or software out there that can replace your mind, unfortunately. And that's what they won't tell you when they're selling you these robots and software. Okay, fantastic. I think we've answered this. Is there a minimum amount of money I need to start with if I use HL and how do I pay them for their services? Do I pay them up front or do they get paid from the investments they make from me? Oh, very good question. Okay, number one, we said earlier is 25 pounds a month if you want to do the index fund. That's the minimum per month. And uh, yes, you're right. They, they, they don't, there's no upfront fee. So if you open the account, it's free. It's free to open an account. So if you open an account today and you never put a penny in and you never invest, they won't take a penny from you. Okay. Once you start to invest, it depends on the investment. So for example, if you invest in index fund, they will charge you like 0.05% a year uh, with their fees. It's very, it's very cheap, basically. It's very okay. cheap. Now, if you buy, if you want to buy stocks and shares, they will charge you, I think, a flat fee of 14 pounds. I think it's about 14 pounds per transaction. So 14 pounds to buy, 14 pounds to sell. Regardless, so if you're buying one million pounds worth of shares, it's 14 pounds. If you're buying two pounds worth of shares, it's 14 pounds. <laughs> and again, that and, and that's where they can vary with brokers. Some brokers might charge charge you two pounds. Some brokers might charge you one pound. So this is where the the um, research to find out the fees coming. But in terms of the funds, the funds are within. They charge you an annual fee from the fund. Okay, fantastic. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrencies? It's a big one. Uh, the, the, okay, cryptocurrencies is I, I look at cryptocurrencies like trading. It's like I, I always classify it under the under the arm of trading. So if you understand trading, if you understand the higher risk involved in trading, you understand that you could possibly lose money. I think that's usually usually the biggest problem. Most people go into these things wanting guarantee they're going to make money. That's usually always the problem. They don't want to understand the risk involved and accept the risk involved. They just want to say, okay, if I go into X, Y, Z, I'm guaranteed to make money. There are no guarantees in life. The only guarantee is that if you do nothing with inflation, you're going to be in trouble. 
that's the only guarantee. <laughs> but with, with, with all these things, with all these things, that's why it took some time to, to explain risk. There is some risk involved. And that's also why I quickly showed you my portfolio. You can see some of my stocks, I'm actually losing money, but I'm making more than I'm losing. Yeah. So there's some risk involved and you need to understand the risk. You need to understand how to manage it, whether you're doing cryptocurrencies, current uh, or cryptos, Forex, stocks and shares, is understanding that risk. So yeah, I think cryptocurrencies are good, but do you understand the risk? Okay. Any suggestions on investment platforms for children? Uh, again, all that junior, no, like I tell you, the junior ISA yeah. Yeah. Is, is something that uh, is provided by the government. It's, uh, it's an investment vehicle, but it can be provided by any broker. So it's not only Hagris Lansdowne that provides junior ISA, any other brokers provide junior ISA. And like I said, the junior ISA, anyone from the age of zero to 18 can open it. So yeah, basically uh, any child can open a brokerage account using the junior ISA with any broker. Fantastic. You said to invest in country wealth. How do we do this? Index funds. Index funds. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. Let me let me let me let me let me expand it just a slight bit because I know yeah. we're running out of time. And I so what I said is that oh. okay, yeah. Because what I said is that long-term investing is you benefiting from a country creating wealth and growing the economy. So once you identify a country you think is going to create wealth and grow the economy over the next five to ten years, we're talking long term, over the next five to ten years then you want to invest in that country so you can benefit. Now, the way you benefit physically, cash-wise and money-wise is by plugging into the stock market of that country. And like I said during the presentation, there are three ways you can plug into the stock market of that country by buying stocks and shares, mutual funds. But like I said, the easiest way is just buying an index fund that just tracks the whole stock market of that country. Okay, thank you. Um, please explain that there may be tax implications from all of this. Yeah, so for example, now if you just open, let me go back to Hagrid Lansdowne. And again, this is why I like their website because there's just free information there. Now, you should see here, they say our services. They have this ISR accounts, SIP, but they also have what we call a shared dealing of fund and share account. Now with these accounts, they have no tax benefits. So if you open a share dealing account or a fund and share account, you have zero tax benefit. You, any money you make, you'll be taxed on it. But the other advantage too is that you can also offset your losses on your self-employed tax. So this share dealing and fund and share account, the government will look at it as another income and they will tax you accordingly. Now, if you then use this ISA or the SIP, then you now have tax advantages where you don't have, you're not gonna be taxed at all with the ISA or the SIP where you have a tax benefit. So that's just the only difference. Fantastic. Um, how do we identify unnecessary risks when trading? <laughs> you need to know what you do first. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole course on itself. Because like I said, we, okay. I mean, okay, let me summarize trading. Trading is, is, is about applying what I call the three M's. If you apply the three M's to every trade you place, I think I've seen some people who are online who have been on my trading course, so they will know what I mean. <laughs> now, if you apply the three M's, you will make money as a trader. But the key is whether you apply the three M's. And the three M's are the mind, which is trading psychology, which is the biggest one, 95% of your success. The second one is you need to have 
money management, very good money management, and you have to have a method. And then you have to combine all these three to become a successful trader. So that's why it's difficult to answer a question like that, because do you now have a full knowledge of those three M's and how to apply those three M's that would then make you a successful trader? Thank you. Can you use an overdraft effectively? Very difficult question. You really have to be very disciplined. And you have to ask yourself, why are you going to overdraft in the first place? That's, <laughs> so that's a very difficult question. Yes, if you are very disciplined. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but again, like I say, you have to ask yourself, why, why are you going in an to overdraft in the first place? Okay, fair enough. Okay, with Because like I said, you, you really have to be careful about I'm hoping everyone does the biggest thing you take away. You really have to question every penny you spend. Are you spending every penny wisely? That's yeah. the real thing. And you'll find that, I mean, I, again, that's why I gave you my history of bankruptcy. I've been there before I was silly with money, you know, eating out all the time, going on expensive holidays and buying this and buying that. So I've been there. I've been there. When I, when I came bankrupt and I was broke and I had nothing, I soon, I would question before I spend anything of one, one pound. It has to be of value to me. <laughs> it has to make sense. Okay. With pensions, um, I've heard that you will need to invest it to make it last. What advice can you give or where to invest so you don't lose your money that you need to live later in life? Actually, that's a very good question. And again, that's the whole essence of this, of this session we're having today. Because like I said, the whole aim of today is that you need to understand with the rate of inflation, with the rate the world is moving, if you just sit at home and you're just getting your salary, you are going to end up with nothing when you retire, number one. Number two, you need to get the idea of how to manage your own money because you'll be shocked that the pension schemes or the pension funds where you have your money, they're really not making any money for you. They're just taking fees off you and you find you're going to retire with nothing in there and you'll be shocked. So all I'm just trying to say today is to wake up, begin to know where's your money, what is your money doing, where is it, it, what returns am I getting, what are you doing with my money, you already know inflation now, if you have one pension manager who went to Harvard, who worked in Wall Street, who was Obama's personal advisor, and he's managing your money and you think it's his best thing since sliced bread, but he's giving you a return of 2%, and inflation is 5.5%. It doesn't matter who that person is. You tell you're doing a bad job. You give me my money. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's all about so that. Yeah. questions. It's 12 o'clock now. Can you run through as quickly as you can so that we can round off? Because we did say we finished at 12, but since I've only got two, I want to try and push it. Can you explain a bit more on cash flow and residual in income versus capital gains? Is that a quick question or a long answer it's a quick question capital gains really just is what it is capital gains is the money you make from your profit it's as simple as that cash flow is just the money that you you, you need to have on the on the date in fact i think people I'm, I'm always saying i'm glad i did not do accountancy or finance all this because sometimes we get carried away with the fancy terms so even in your daily life do you know your own cash flow in your daily life do you know how much you're spending on a daily basis how much is left over how much savings you have, how much, you know, basically, can you tell me how much will be your bank account a year from now? Okay. I so can. That's, that's cash flow. So it's just you understanding money coming in and money coming out and, and having a positive balance. So it doesn't matter whether it's from a business or from a personal point of view. Okay. Fantastic. Question. 
if one has a bit of savings in a savings account doing nothing, is it a good idea to still open an ISA or stocks and shares ISA at this late stage in the tax year, tax year coming to an end, but also open another one in the new tax year starting in 22 to 23? Is it okay to... <laughs> all if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have... If you don't have a... Uh, if you don't have an ISA, then of course, any, any time is a good time if you don't have one. So the fact that a tax year is coming doesn't mean your ISA is going to change. It just means that if you already have one, you can change, or you can have another one. But like I said, do check. I think they said the laws have changed on that, so do check. But again, this is why I'm bringing up the whiteboard quickly. Don't forget this ISA, they're, just, they're not investments in themselves. They're just tax-efficient vehicles. They're not investments in themselves. So if you want to start benefiting for example, from index funds today, then start today, start investing it because it's the index fund as an investment or the stocks and shares as an investment, not the ISA. Not the so ISA. The, sooner you, not, the sooner you start opening the ISA and, and investing in those investments that are going to give you a returns, that's the key. But again, please, Tanika is here because I know we're going to wrap up. These are just, this, I'm not recommending you buy index funds or you open these accounts or do this. I'm just giving you information for you to get to start to think, to open your minds, to, to realize that there are options out there that you can explore. But please get enough information and get well informed before you jump into anything. Okay. Um, where can we get the CPI rates monthly info? Uh, okay. Qu quickly, there's, I mean, again, because I trade on a daily basis, is something I'm aware of, but there's this website I use on a daily basis because I'm a trader. It's called uh, dailyfx.com economic calendar. Um, so because I check this calendar every day because I trade every day. So in a way I know when the, the re reports come out, I actually know the time they come out and I know when they come out. So I follow them that closely because I trade. Now, if you don't trade and you don't want to be doing this and following this calendar, yes, usually you find it's in the news. These things are not secret when it's announced. It's always in the news. It's just that people don't pay attention. It's in the so, news yeah. and it's in, in the newspapers. Even the, I don't know if you still have the Metro in UK. Yeah, we do. Even in, yeah, you'll find out, you'll be shocked that now you're aware of it. You'll, you'll be shocked that as you watch the news, as you read the Metro, you'll just see it pop up. Because when, it, when it's announced, it's a public thing. It's not something they say it in secret. It's, it's, they, yeah. they say it publicly in the news and the newspapers that you won't miss it unless you just thought it was relevant news. That's why people tune up. Oh, what is this inflation? Uh, but now that you know, you'll be shocked that you will, you will see Very it pop up on the news. Everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we're going to have to round up because we've already overrun by four minutes, which is really not good. Um, just a few things. When is your next course starting? No, it's, it's digitized, so you can just log in any time and join. Yeah, so that's actually why it was digitized, so that uh, you can log in any time. And usually, what I mean, you can look at the details there anyway. But once you sign up for the course, you become a member of an online community where you can then, apart from doing the digital course, you can also have live sessions with me once a month and also ask me questions via the platform. It's an online platform. You can access via an app or your, or your laptop. Your okay. web browser. Can you put this slide on with all your details? Because a lot of people want to know how to contact you. So if you can put that up there. The name of your podcast, please. That has come up a couple of times. What's the name of your podcast and where can we access it? Uh, yeah, although don't forget, you're all going to get this handout, number one. So you're all going to get the slides. So they all just be on the slides. And the podcast, yes, it's uh, on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. It's called Trading and Investment, Dr. Forex. Ah, so you're um, Dr. 
Yes. Said goat herder, so I was not aware. Okay. That was that was that was that was before the goats. Before the goats. Okay. Yeah, and the book. Don't buy the book because I'm trying to update the book, so it's a bit outdated. So don't buy the book. Oh, okay. Did you hear that? Don't buy the book yet because it's a bit outdated. He's going to update it. And when he does, then you need to buy the book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Banjoko. It has been Pleasure. absolutely brilliant. It's been eye-opening. If you have any questions or you need any further information, please do um, send an email to kingdomtreasurers at jesushouse.org.uk. Um, and please follow Dr. Banjoko on social media so that you can keep up with him. If you want to do the course, please do it. I mean, I'm sure you can see that we've just got a taste of what it's what we need to know. It's a very good starting point. But if we want to take this further and being that uh, inflation rates and um, I can't even think of what you said. But anyway, I think we probably should. So um, just to say a very big thank you. Thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. I hope that you have learned something and that you will act on what you have learned. Thank you so much, Dr. Banjoko. Kingdom Treasurers, thank Pleasure. you so much. Bless Pleasure. you all and have a fantastic weekend. Have a good weekend, everyone, and God bless.